back to the Section K podcast. Today is Sunday, March 22nd. Hope everyone out there is staying home and staying safe on today's episode. We talk a little bit about the coronavirus, give our thoughts on it, and give an update on what each of us are up to during this social distancing period in our lives. We also welcome Mr. Colin Chartier to the show this week. We talked to Colin about cutting and even save some room at the end of the podcast to talk about some sports, uh, what each of us are up to coping with no sports in our lives. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode of the Section K podcast. This episode of the Section K podcast is brought to you by Equine Extreme Performance. EXP offers an all-natural, drug-free supplement built for the equine industry. They've built these products using cutting-edge technology to deliver the highest quality product available to you and your horse. How do they know it's right for your horse? Because EXP was designed by horsemen, and they understand what your horse needs. EXP was designed by Hall of Fame cutting horse trainer, Matt Miller. Be sure to visit www.expequine.com and enter promo code Section K at checkout to receive 10% off your next EXP order. Remember, that's promo code Section K to receive 10% off your EXP order at www.expequine.com. Times are a changing in the world, in the cutting world, in the sports world, really anywhere you look since the last time you heard from the boys of the Section K podcast after that heater of an interview with Mr. Adon Banuelos. Uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19, has essentially just canceled the year 2020 so far. Um, we don't know when life as we know it will resume uh, in regards to going to work, going to eat out at bars and restaurants, uh, going and hanging out with your friends, uh, going to a sports event, really doing anything, uh, going to a horse show as we have come accustomed to doing a lot over the years so um, guys coronavirus we are each broadcasting uh, from our safe zone quarantine episode social distancing exactly yeah cody could have driven to my house to do this but it's not a good idea uh, i spend a lot of time with my parents uh, Cody, when your parents are in town, you do the same way. And the last thing we would want to do is put either of our parents in danger. So, uh, we figured it'd be a good idea to do a little Skype episode. So we're going to hop on here and give some of our thoughts about COVID-19 and what's been going on here. CBL, how are things up in the panhandle? Man, it's going good. Other than, you know, like you said, a lot of things are different right now, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things in my life a lot of things haven't changed it's still waking up and going to work and getting everything done and taking care of horses but i mean there's some other things just kind of preparing for uh maybe staying out at the ranch for a couple of weeks or a week or a couple of days where we don't have to go to town so we've we've uh went out and just got prepared if, if that's the case. Yeah, pretty wild to see the NCHA Super Stakes postponed. The Breeders' Invitational uh, isn't even till late May, and they've already decided to cancel that. And then you see uh, the point year with the weekend standings being completely frozen. Um, just 
basically the cutting ear put on pause. We don't know if we're even going to have an NCHA Super Stakes right before we started recording this. We saw the press release, the letter from Mr. Ron Pietrofesso uh, saying that they had an announcement coming for us in the next 7 to 10 days about their plans. I don't want to uh, speculate on anything, but I assume uh, based on what I uh, interpreted from that letter that Mr. Pietrofesso put out is that we're probably not going to have a Super Stakes. I don't really see how it would be possible with um, just the time that it's going to take for all this stuff to slow down and everybody kind of do their part to stop the spread of this virus. And obviously we need to take every precaution possible because I've mentioned to you guys, but our entire association is of the older population. So um, a lot of those folks would be at risk coming and hanging out at, at Fort Worth for a week or two weeks, or a lot of those folks spend the entire um, duration of those shows in Fort Worth and hanging out at the Will Rogers. And everybody knows about the Will Rogers crud uh, that we've all gotten since we were little kids going to, to the U shows and stuff. So it's just crazy to see, I mean, March Madness canceled, the Masters postponed. They've already postponed the PGA championship and that's not till uh, late May as well so it's just crazy to see I mean never in my lifetime has everything just been put on pause I mean it's crazy I mean my day my day-to-day hasn't really changed that much except for the fact that there's nothing to get really ready for right now I mean um, I still gotta get outside and go ride horses uh, get them out feed them take care of them we still got to do all that kind of stuff, but it is, I mean, just the everyday in just the everyday things in life that you think about going to town, going to Buffalo Wild Wings, like I do every Wednesday night and hanging out and having guys not like we do. And, and it's just crazy to think that that stuff is not going to happen. And, and, but it's, it's really hard when you sit back and like, think about, like how many people in this world that it affects. I mean, obviously in the cutting industry right now, we're devastated. I mean, the super stakes is one of the premier, it's a triple crown event and everybody is excited for it, ready for it. Maybe not ready for it. Maybe they're glad it got canceled. I don't know. It's just crazy to think like it's, it's not a whole lot different. Like I stay at home every day and work at home. I don't go anywhere unless it's raining. I, you know, try to find some dry ground somewhere around here to go ride some horses. But, it's just crazy to think that, I mean, yeah, we'll probably still be able to do that. I, I don't think Eddie Flynn's going to care when I pop over there and go rope some horses around. And, uh, but just to think that everything's closed, you can't run to the Buffalo Wild Wings to go have a beer with your friends. You can't go down the border to, I mean, and then just all the other stuff that happens with all that stopping, like it, it, the chain reaction of all this stuff is crazy. To me. Yeah, you mentioned some of that uh, going to Buffalo Wild Wings and on the border. I live there in Fort Worth in town and uh, right there around Clear Fork. And it's just an eerie feeling uh, being in what's otherwise a really upbeat, new, popping, always populated area uh, with shops and restaurants and bars and a coffee shop and movie theaters and a bowling alley and really just tons to do. And uh, for the last week, I've gone out of my apartment and there's essentially no one around. Uh, now all the all the bars and restaurants are limited to doing takeout only. It's really wild to see the state of Texas that you're now available to, or now it's legal, I should say, to 
take alcohol to go. So um, it's really important, as you're mentioning, Headland, a lot of people are struggling and a lot of people in the restaurant business, a lot of our favorite bars, uh, favorite restaurants are going to be closing because they just can't afford uh, to be open. They can't take the the financial strain that that uh is not being able to to feed and uh, serve drinks to the public so it's just crazy uh, like you mentioned to see it's obviously affecting horse trainers because there's no shows to go to they're still having to having to feed horses um still having to charge uh customers board and training because they still have to do their job they still have to keep these horses tuned up because i mean we hope that we're going to be able to to go back to our normal lives and that's that's really what's not really crazy it's more scary than anything is just like thinking that when we don't know when things are going to be normal we don't know if it's going to be a month two months we just so there's so much uncertainty and that's i feel like that's the the cause to a lot of people having uneasy feelings out there i mean i was reading on facebook and shane Plummer wrote this blog and it talked about like this is a world event like this is something that is going to be in the history books that we sat in class and listened to when we were learning about world war one world war two everything that we learned in history class like down the road you know 20 50 100 years from now they're going to talk about this whole event right now and that's why it's it's really easy i feel like to get caught up in some of the bs that you see but like you got to really focus in and, and figure out what's going on and like take care of things because there's there's a lot of stuff in this world right now that is like we need to really pay attention to how things are happening and and what's going on yeah this wild. is a big this is a big time in our life yeah it's like, wild great depression world war Two. i mean this is going to be one of those things yeah multiple generations are learning lessons right now and that's what's insane mm-hmm. is it's not just the millennials learning a lesson or or the jackass gen z kids that you see on the beaches of florida still in packs of hundreds of people it's i mean everyone's gonna eventually look back on this and be like wow that, those were some crazy times uh, when we were uh, trying to battle that virus within you know uh, i mean other things and i, I know that I mean, you guys named several, but just to add on top of that within the NCHA, it's just, it's such a trickle-down effect in the equine industries as far as you, I mean, you go as like the the show help people that, I mean, they don't actually work for a horse trainer, but they, they uh, a lot of their income comes from all these shows that are always going on, and now they don't have a job, and and, you know, some of these horse trainers, I mean, they may have to be looking at it as uh, some help may have to leave. And, I, I mean, I hate to, to say that, but we it, there's just so much uncertainty. And then to go on top of that is, like, these horses aren't going to shows as much, so the vet clinics aren't getting the, the horses that they normally would be getting. And, uh, I mean, the list goes on and on, but, you know, the the other thing that I and I know you guys aren't overlooking, but I just I want to mention is like this is so so much bigger than just the NCHA, uh, and even though it affects us so much, and we talk about the NCHA, and that's what what we love talking about, 
um, the it, it, it's just so much bigger than that. It, it, it affects all of us. It, it doesn't just affects, affect this country. Um, I mean, it, it affects this world we live on. And that's a scary thing. And, it, you know, and another thing is, you know, I, I, I have no doubt in my mind that that we're going to see the end of this, but there's a lot of uncertainty going on right now that causes fear. And uh, with fear, I mean, there's, I mean, we've seen it all over social media, the panic out of people going to the grocery stores and, I mean, the grocery stores being sold out and, you know. It, Ain't got it, no TP. Yeah, there's, I, hey, and I, I made sure and bought me two, uh, packs of uh, 12 rolls of TP. So I got, I have 24 rolls of TP on hand. So the Rutherfords I didn't go, have been cra- I didn't go TP crazy for a couple years now since we moved out. Uh-huh. We're city folks. We moved out to the country. We get all of our paper goods shipped on Amazon, and we've had cabinets full of paper rolls, uh, both paper towels and toilet paper for for years now. So. Um, I ain't going to be going to buy no toilet paper. <laughs> well, I got six rolls left, and the Dollar General in Lapan is out. So, And the HEB in Granbury was out. So <laughs> if, you know, we need to do kind of a social distancing transaction out there in WID, I'll drive up there to Southern Lane and get some I'll TV. Drop, I'll drop, drop some by the mailbox right there by Armando's <laughs> cow pens, and you can there pick we them go. up. That's very safe. Perfect. Very logical. Perfect. But yeah, no, CBL, it's it's crazy. You mentioned just all the panic and fear and social media, and it. I feel like it's super important right now to just make note that it's really important to, like, manage your time wisely during all this. Like, obviously, everybody's still staying busy. I mean, you see um, whether it's Evan over at Terrence, like, they're still – they're extending the arena right now. They're taking this off time to do work around the ranch. I mean, people are still working horses. Shane Carlin, my neighbor – Right here, it really his life hasn't really changed much. He wakes up, stomps Bronx, works horses, uh, doctors some cattle, does what he needs to do, and I mean, people are still living their normal lives. But a lot, a lot of, a lot more downtime is going to be um, available. And I myself, I was watching way too much of the news there for a while, and it's just like oh, every now and again, you just, yeah, you just need to watch get on YouTube and watch cutting runs, like watch, go back and watch anybody, Taylor, Car- shout Matt out Gaines Taylor Carbo, <laughs> go back and watch yeah, Taylor Gaines Carbo's youth runs, baby. anybody, yeah, anybody you want, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've just found myself diving into any kind of YouTube videos, whether it's roping or cow horse or raining, I've watched so many just videos that I otherwise wouldn't have watched during during all this, so. I'm making a pot roast. First time I've made the first time I made a pot roast in probably six or seven years. But. Ham and bean, ham and beans are on the crock pot right now. I mean, CBL, have you done anything that you otherwise wouldn't normally be doing with any added downtime? I know today you had to get feed, you had to work horses, you had to do everyday activity. The other day you were chasing a horse that. Uh, somehow got loose <laughs> moving cows. So obviously, you probably haven't had much downtime, but I assume you will. What do you What are you going to do with no sports and uh, extra yeah. extra time to not go to the show because we ain't going to so, be having no shows. So, and you know, with you asking this question or 
it goes back to something you said just a minute ago. And, you know, it's one thing that I think, especially on Facebook, and it's not necessarily with a lot of the friends I am uh, friends with on Facebook or with the people that listen to this podcast, but there's a lot of people in this world that it, it that they are shut down and they are not doing anything. But uh, me being uh, in the agriculture industry, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people that, I mean, definitely uh, they can't slow down because, I mean, they have livestock to take care of, horses to take care of. And, I mean, uh, right now the farmers are, uh, such a in, important uh, piece to this puzzle uh, because you know with the shortage of things in, in the stores yeah they have they ha- they definitely have um, things to get back into the stores right now but once this is over uh, there's definitely going to be we still going to need food then and I mean those 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 the farmers are such an important part of uh, to the way that the world uh, works, and I think that sometimes gets overlooked. Just in, just because, you know, this is this is making us like kind of have a reality check on a lot of things, and so some things a lot of a lot of us take for granted, and uh, you know you hate that something like this comes around that you you look at it and and see like how important some parts of the world that don't get as much credit as they should uh how important they are in a time like this and it but to i I, man really i we live out in the middle of nowhere (laughs) and uh so i really i don't know how much is going to change because we we're we're able to we're distance enough off from people that i mean we can we can hang out here for a good while as i mean as long as as we have uh the means still here to to feed the horses and everything we can we can lay low and and but we i mean there's still so much stuff that we have to get done regardless and uh so i don't know how much you know necessarily downtime i'm gonna have but you know with with not being sports sports is something i go to after i get done working and, and and anything entertainment wise is like when I'm done with the day's work is like I go and that's kind of how I uh, relax and get my mind off of like what I'm having to do each and every day. So, you know, that's that's a little different. But uh, and I don't know, because I mean, watch some more Netflix shows. Yeah. <laughs> I do. You know, this is a perfect time and we keep on saying it, but. I mean, I've got to, uh, I've got to, to watch Yellowstone. I need to, I want to, I want to, uh, get that finished. I've been, I've been giving quarantine out, quarantine tips out on Twitter. I've seen that. What's that handle? Huh? What's that handle? At Cody Head, I think. I think that's right. You can give me a C-O-D-Y-H-E-D. You can give me a follow at Rutfrog. I'll be... (laughs) Tweeting all about the perils of no March Madness, no Masters, no golf, no fun, no life. You um, look like a guy. <laughs> CBL, CBL needs yeah. to talk about this because well, this is his point of view. <laughs> so for all for all the folks at home, you guys already know that we're all huge sports fans, and 
sports is a, a big part of all of our lives. But uh, to give you guys uh, a little bit of a picture of when we first opened up the Skype call to see K-Rudd, it looked like we were on day 69 without sports. And it was... <laughs> I felt it. I felt yeah. it in my heart, but I still, I, I had to give a good old chuckle out because I felt the pain that what was He looks favorite. like a guy. <laughs> hey, it's been because a tough week. He looks week. like the guy. It's been a tough week, man. For hey, him. you know what is good, though? You haven't lost any money betting. No. That's a good point, but that's uh, like we were talking about uh, on Barstool. I was listening to the radio there saying, would you rather get a check from the government for – um, like all this downtime and not being able to work, or would you rather there be a like? Would you trade a check from the government for March Madness? Yes, one hundred million percent. Agreed. I mean, it depends on the size of the check, but yeah, yeah, same. Most likely. Yeah, that's why I was so depressed today. See, Bill, it's supposed to be day two of the, so, of the first round of the NCAA tournament. Everyone remembers how much to we be plugged. Like seven. 12 seeds there's not even exactly. seven, 12 seeds in the tournament but they're supposed to be beating the lower or the higher seeds exactly. and, i mean we're supposed to be texting and being like oh my gosh can you believe this no-name college just beat north carolina and we have beat duke and Wasn't our, it our, yeah, our section right. k tournament bracket exactly never happened it's gone dang it man instead i'm watching that the horse really, whisperer hey, right now that was really taking shout out to, to the section Sarah, bracket Abraham for winning it last year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Abraham. So, how are you two coping with all this? Are you guys reading any books? I mean, you guys mentioned watching YouTube videos, but you can only watch so much YouTube videos. I'm making a pot roast. I haven't made a pot roast in forever. How else are you guys coping with it? K-Rod? Um, I watch Walk the Line, Barstool's Daily Gambling, and just show about life because... You can't have a gambling show without sports, and these guys are just hilarious. So, honestly, I get a lot of my, a lot of my laughs uh, throughout the day from Barstool, uh, doing a lot of that, um, watching old golf rounds on YouTube, watching old TCU baseball games on YouTube. That's the other thing I didn't even mention. They've already canceled the College World Series, and they don't have the College World Series until late June. So, that's if you can imagine how just paranoid I am that – I mean, I'm afraid NBA basketball could be the only thing we're seeing between now and hopefully we have a football season. I mean, it's just that's that's even. Please don't don't forget about MLB. No, I I mean, but uh, whoever wins the World Series this year, though, is just yeah. Whoever wins the World Series this year is just going to have a huge asterisk next to it because it's going to be a abbreviated season. There's not going to be a full. 162 games played. I mean, I assume if they're able to to have spring, I mean, they're going to have to have spring training, have pitchers and catchers uh, get loosened back up, ready to go. And what we're hoping, maybe we're, we have a two, three-month season max, hopefully. And, I, I mean, I could see him just calling it a wash and saying we'll see you all in 2021. It's just it's depressing, man. I'm, I'm, I think that's I'm not what a lot of well. people want to say right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. I think that's what a lot of people want to say. We'll just see y'all in 2021. Uh, like, let's fast forward this thing. That's what happens when you watch too much Netflix. You just want to fast forward through a bunch of stuff. Amen. Welcome back to the Section K podcast. 
quarantine edition. Uh, on the line today, we have myself, Caden Rutherford, Cody Hedlund, and Colburn Larson. You just heard from both those so, guys. And on the line now, we have the Marine City, Michigan Cowboy, now residing in Millsap, Texas, the Wolverine, the Hulk, Mr. Colin Chartier. Welcome to the Section K podcast, man. How is life on the ranch in Millsap under quarantine good. right now? It's all good? All good, man. It's actually been pretty nice. Like we were just talking about everything goes crazy for so long and then it all comes to a halt and then it just seems like a good you know pressure release not much to worry about obviously things to worry about but as far as being home it's it's sure nice yeah you went to a handful of shows here the first part of the year uh spent a spent a good good bit of time on the road going to west monroe and and the bonanza correct am i right about that colin or no yeah abilene west monroe Bonanza. Yeah, so Artmore. you've had a full schedule, so it's got to be nice to be having a little bit of downtime at the house. But uh, one thing I have to talk about right off the bat with you is first time you made the fraternity finals here this past year at the NCHA fraternity, if I'm correct. Whoa, whoa. How, how was that? Yep. You, had two, yeah. you had two horses in the semifinals. Could have easily had two horses in the finals, had a little bit of uh, tough luck. Uh, one uh, coming up lame uh, right before the semis, and yeah. if you ask me, since I'm your friend, I'll just say that was your better horse. And oh, no, no you, doubt, you very that easily means- could have had two horses in those finals. But what was it like being involved with cutting as long uh-huh. as you have been in and making the fraternity finals finally? And especially in uh, a field of horses that was so tough, at, at just like this last fraternity. Yeah, it didn't take low low scores at all to make it. Man, well, when I when I decided to do it, I wanted to train horses. Was when our L made two to the Futurity finals back in I can't remember how long. Oh seven, so the Futurity's I think. always been. Oh seven, I want to say. seven. The Futurity's always been that show where you know, you, how do you not get excited for it? I mean, it's the the mecca, dude. It's the Super Bowl, and to have two chances to get there, that that was sweet. And and the the mare I made it on. I almost didn't sh- wasn't going to show her because I thought she wasn't one of my better ones. And then um, I had a roan mare get hurt right before maturity, and so I stepped on that one. So it's just a, it, honestly just a crazy deal. Yeah, sh- shout out Haymaker by the way, RL's Mount the 07 maturity. <laughs> hey Baylor, we used to call him Hey Baylor. Hey Baylor. <laughs> Going back to the 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 maturity semifinals this last year and in in to the fraternity final since it's over and done with. I know we talked to you uh, during the live show we had, but what what was did did you like going into the semifinals just show wise, and then after and and into the the finals like was there did you feel more pressure because of the amount of people? in the building or was that something that kind of excited you and uh, made made you just want to go get it even more that's what i've been looking forward to man i mean yeah. every semifinals no matter super stakes derby especially the futurity that place is it's just a, a different atmosphere it's electric and i've always been there cheering i mean i you know drinking a little bit getting yeah. rowdy you know what i mean having it fun is. i always wanted to be in there showing and i mean it, it I can't even describe 
the feeling of, you know, just the feeling yeah. to do it in front of all those people, and and it was it was unbelievable. It makes you hungry. It makes you makes you hungrier. Like to get back to that, it makes me want to work even harder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, you're sometimes helping helping people win a lot of money in those finals too, if I remember correctly. You helped Tatum and hashtags a lot uh, going down the road uh, when Tatum won the world and, and uh, just the amazing amount of success he had on that horse. So, Colin, will be picking some cows down there too. Yeah, I'll get lucky once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Did you help Tatum when he won the fraternity on Crazy? I, I, I was helping Tatum. I think that was um... – I've been helping him two or three years then, but that was that was pretty cool. I was that's the first time, you know, Tatum won for charity, and then my other buddy Hayden. That was his first charity final, so it was pretty cool to be in there helping them guys during that, and especially yeah. a charity winner, dude. I mean, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, it, it, uh, there's literally only four people in the world that get to help the one person that, that wins the fraternity yeah. fi- finals every year. So, I mean, there's not very many people that get to say that every year. So that no, is something pretty special. Well, you just feel kind of part of it, you know. Is that something that you took, like, when you were showing this year at the fraternity and and just, like, watching Tatum and stuff like that? Is Are those things that you watched him do when he won it? Or did that help you get ready for you just showing in the fraternity that first year? Um. Yeah, you know, just going through the experience and just – and just, you know, along for the ride because, you know, it, it the help, our help, I feel like we don't ever give enough credit to because, man, without them two guys in the corners watching cows, you go down there by yourself, it's such a big difference having two guys down there that are into cows, no cows, have already been through it, won it, you know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. and just to have that kind of, I don't even know the word I'm looking for, closure or, you know, comfort. whatever, go, comfort going down there. It's uh, it is it makes a huge difference. Well, especially as wound up as some of you guys get, like your good buddy Clay Johnson. Dude, uh, he's one of the most nervous guys <laughs> I know, and I'm sure oh, he'll, he, he'll admit it. But he'll put that saddle polish on. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's as good as he's as good as anybody at picking cows and reading cows, and I'm sure he'd also admit like when he's wound up and nervous. Uh, it's got to be helpful to have two other guys down there that can feel those cattle out yeah. and, and help them. So that's really cool. You mentioned fraternity winners. I, f- I feel like I have to ask this question. Your dad, uh, Mr. Randy Chartier, is a non-pro fraternity champion uh, back in the day, if I remember correctly. Uh, talk a little bit about like not only your family, but your start in cutting and what you remember about growing up in the sport and making you want to pursue a career in the NCHA and training horses. Well, you know, I showed as a youth a little bit, not not a ton, but enough to to get the, you know, get in some stuff under my belt. Um, I quit cutting because of sports when I got into high school, you know, and um, the really the thing that brought me back to it was just the the competitiveness, you know, something to go make a living being competitive where you have to get out there and work and out you know outwork other guys because everyone's talented, and so mainly the competitiveness and, and it's been around the family and, and it just felt right and, and and dad let me say something about my dad yeah um, pops needs a shout out pop, pops pops is <clears throat> yeah i'm partial to him but he he's one of the best dads you could ever ask for i mean we we'd get up for school in the morning and and dad would have breakfast ready every morning 
before high school for all of us, dude. He'd drive us to school. Like, he was 100% just awesome. And then to be as good as a guy he is at shows is the same as he is at home, man. Exactly. That's awesome. Colin, what what sports were you involved in growing up, and uh, what what sports did you play in high school? Well, I uh, played football, basketball, and baseball, and I know – I'm a little vertically challenged, so whenever whenever you tell people that I was actually good at football and basketball, they're like, "What? No way! You're too short." But um, I've seen football, you shoot a basketball. Yeah, foot, foot, and I, you know, I was just really fast. I mean, I was luckily short legs, but I was fast and quick, and and um, you know, I I just love sports, and like we were talking about before we get on here, man, it's just you know, the sports and cutting is. You know, my two favorite things. So, Amen. People forget how really they go hand in hand. I mean, somebody like yourself who's been involved with sports, too. I mean, you think of it as like game day. Yeah. And and that's that's something that I've always kind of thought about. I didn't play as much sports as you. And I know Coburn and I have had talks about it. But, uh, I mean, that's, that's a forgotten element. And people don't realize, you know, cutting is a spectator sport. You just got to think of it that dude. way. Absolutely. I mean, who who hasn't gone into Will Rogers driving in on show day and you're just like blaring music? Yeah, like, boy. Like for, me, for me, it's Eminem, man. I, I like Eminem just hits me different. Because you're from so, Detroit. Uh, you're, Detroit. You are eight. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this, this kid out in the middle of nowhere loves him some Eminem, too. So I yeah, hate not know Eminem. what's up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's the realist. <laughs> He's a trash rapper, but hey, whatever. whatever that's, whoa, yeah. come, come on. His man, new album is terrible. His new album is terrible. Another time. Like new that. album is terrible. No, the old school stuff okay. is the best. I'll respect that opinion. But no, that's it. That's exactly it. Like, I mean, it's there's an element that people don't realize. I feel like, like I do the same thing. Like I get pumped up to go down okay. there, and yeah. and like it's almost like you welcome those nerves because it's like, all right, now we're ready. Like, I know. No, no. No, no doubt, dude. And, and like, I need to be better about it. But I show probably too much emotion down there when something doesn't go right. I mean, I'll throw my hands and I, I you know, it's because it's an emotional deal. I mean, you're down there trying to win. Well, yeah. you know, like, and especially like if you throw your hands, it's probably something like you had a little miss and you missed the cow or the cow got by you, and you know it was just that fraction of a little bit. But yeah, then you oh, stuck dude. that horse out there too far, or, or you yeah. just. Or you were a little too late, or too something late like to that. Too late to get there, like, something like ah. that. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and and that, yeah. It's just it's it's it is a very competitive, emotional sport, man. It really is, and so are sports. Yeah. It, okay, so I mean, while we're on this topic, what like in, in those moments, like what Cody was just saying there, where where you do do have a a failure moment where something doesn't go as planned. Talk about the importance of, you know, I, I know it, it's going to affect you for a period of time, but talk about the importance of getting that out of your head and worrying about the next horse or just not not worrying about what that, the mistake you just made so it doesn't affect you for the next show or the next horse you're yeah. about to go on. Or, well, or do you keep thinking about it to make sure you don't make the same mistake? I, yeah, it's, it, it's, well, that's a good question because – for myself, like if I have a bad run or, or something or get a couple bad runs in a row, man, I, I, I honestly, and you can ask McCall or, or any of my ones around me, like I always just try to like stay very, keep myself, you know, outside of myself straight and p- 
picked up and not down and just try not to let it affect you. I mean, and sometimes it's hard to do, but for me, it works better if I just get over it five minutes of being mad and then move on, you know, whether you force yourself to go talk to some guys and get, you know, cause you know how you get mad and then you just get soul up. Yeah. Sure. You don't want to be around nobody, so I almost try to make myself go talk to you know hang. Yeah. Go, I'll go next to Clay or something. He's gonna say something stupid to make. Laugh, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that was always Rocco's rule when we had a bad run. You get 15 minutes and then it's done. It's over. With. It's over. Move Can't on. Can't be mad about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're on yeah. to the next one. There's another yeah. one tomorrow. You gotta have short memory, dude. Yeah, I'll tell you. We've talked about it on this show quite a bit here. The first half of the year in the five six-year-old division especially it's been pretty pretty tough competition you've had a pretty solid five six-year-old horse to compete on hot new cowboy uh what's it been like competing uh not only on hot new cowboy but in like the loaded fields of horses at whether it was um the ike in west monroe or the bonanza or abilene anywhere you go now you got to mark a huge score in the in the first two go rounds and then come back and mark a score above 225 to even expect to have a chance to win so what's that like yeah um you know and and like so the scores this year they've been as you guys know that been high high scores you know high to get into play or in the finals and all that but and i've talked with some other trainers it's it's i think the judges are being more forgiving so i always tell myself to just go out and have a clean run and you know be aggressive working time but don't overdo it because you know they're being so positive you could mark a 20 or 21 with a 18 19 run so you try not to get caught up in the scores and just try to go have a clean run and and know that they're going to you know mark you too if that makes sense but it just seems like if you have a clean run, a good horse, you're going to mark what you need to mark to keep advancing. Yeah, well, having but, a horse like Special New ca- uh, Cowboy, your brother uh, showed hot new cowboy. Hot New Cowboy. I'm sorry, out of Special New Kitty, your brother uh, was fortunate enough to show uh, that horse's mother, I believe, in the World Finals, a handful of other times too. Uh, what's that horse like yeah. to, to ride and show and, and be around? <laughs> oh, he's dude. He's cool, man. He, uh, I, I used to get we Piglet. We called her. Um, ready for all that last year so i wrote her you know quite a bit just getting her ready but dude he's he can do some freaky stuff that i feel like he hasn't even like tapped into yet you know what i mean like he's just getting more solid and, and smarter and the more you show him i feel like he's still got spots he can be even better in but he feels <clears throat> he feels almost like a um, little Pepto cat type, the way he can run and stop and get around left and right. He's he's not as smart as little Pepto cat because I thought he was probably the smartest horse I've ever been on, but he's that type of athlete. Well, there was there wasn't it at the uh, was it at the Ike that we K Red me and you sat down and watched the finals together. Yeah, I think that's it, right. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Colin, I mean, there was there was one point in time in that run that I mean. Your foot was not that far from the ground, and I think there was a, a picture that ended up on yeah. Facebook of it. But I mean, that that tells you a lot. Dude. Just, I got short yeah, legs, that explain, man. We mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, that just explains <laughs> what all you're talking about on that horse. Oh yeah, and he's got a lot of heart, man. And, and like that and that picture, picture must have been when he fell and like wrapped around trying to go catch the cow. Like to be my foot to be in the dirt. I mean, that horse is buried up. Yeah. yeah, that's on his belly, dude. Yeah. <laughs> when you brought up Little Pepto Cat, and you've been around Little Pepto Cat 
probably as much as anybody being at Paul's uh, when you kind of first moved down to Texas and, and Paul and Bob were, were showing Lil Pepto Cat and then uh, getting him for Mary Jo and hauling him and, and making the world finals on him. Uh, Taryn Rice came on here, and Taryn Rice has been on a ton of good horses and said he thinks that's one of, if not the best horse that he's ever swung a leg over. So, I mean, his earnings speak for themselves, but what's Elvis, Lil Pepto Cat, uh, like to show? I mean, the the scores that you marked, those are hey. some of my favorite world finals runs that I've ever watched. Yeah. He's unreal, man. I mean, if it weren't for... <clears throat> You know, Paul and Bob Kingsley and Bob Kingsley letting me take that horse down the road. Like to get to get that kind of experience on that type of horse and learn how to win, you know, and, and that horse I've never had a horse I could take to a show and know that if I got through I could win almost every cutting. Like it's just because of that horse. That horse was so unreal. He was so smart and athletic and, and I it's he to me and i've told mary joe this i've told bob i've told plenty of people he's my favorite horse all the time just because i got to ride him and i think he's if not the best horse he's top three best horse ever in my opinion well and to do what he did like right after the non-pro showed him and then go and mark two thirties in the world finals in the open like to me that is the most impressive thing there's a monster there was a monster fist bump by the Wolverine uh, after dude. one of those runs. I still Stand remember that. Standing up in the saddle, <laughs> throwing those arms. Uh-huh. That was the last. <laughs> that was that was the last round, man. And 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 it was it was Austin and Bo back and forth the whole World Finals. Yeah. And I'd come in. I'd come in third, and come in third, and maybe fourth, and then finally I knew I had the run that was going to beat them too, <laughs> and I was like so pumped. I can I can remember it like it was yesterday. Well, I mean, the emotion of the crowd throughout that oh. run too. I bet you that some of that emotion was in that fist bump because okay. I mean, because I, where we were sitting, I mean, there was there was a lot of people on their phones videoing that run, <laughs> but everybody was screaming while they were doing it. it that yeah, was I, that was a special moment. Just I mean, for me watching, it was a special moment. I, I can't imagine what it was for you. I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't hear help. I couldn't hear nothing. And, and it was just like so built up. And then at the end, I finally helped. The last cow got a little tough and took me to the corner once. And I'm just thinking, where is this? Where is the buzzer? And as soon as it went off, man, I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Was that the uh, same that year the same that year? you, your brother? Your mom? What were you about to say? Um, I was going to say, was that the same year as when your mom <laughs> the viral video of your mom. Yes, yeah, that's that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. Was that yep. also the same year that <laughs> that you, Randman, and RL were all three in the World Finals? I'm pretty sure it had. Yeah, it had to have been because that's the last time I made the World Finals. That was pretty cool. I don't think. Yeah, that was real cool. Too, too many father, uh, double son trios uh, <laughs> to slide in those World yeah, Finals. Yeah, so that's that's quite that was the first time. Yeah. I would yeah. think it would be. Yeah, they, I think they they mentioned it, so that was pretty cool. Talk about uh, just get your your brother RL. I mean, he's a he's a top horse trainer in the cutting horse industries, and and uh, I mean what he's meant to you and getting getting to learn from him. And if not, the, uh, has he been a important factor in bringing you back? into the NCHA after you, you didn't show for a little while when you're in high school and all that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, he was a big part. You know, growing up, yeah, he he was always two years ahead of me. So, you know, when he played football in varsity, I was coming up, and he was he was a damn good football player. I mean, he was all state. We played we played the same positions. We did it all. So I came in and did the same things he did, and I kept following in his footsteps. So, like I said, when I when I come down and seen that he made charity finals, uh, you know, I told myself, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Not knowing, hey, listen, this is just me, young and dumb, not knowing yeah. how hard it is. Yeah, for sure. So, for sure. So, you know, I went back and worked, started working for Dad, and then two years after working for Dad, RL always told me when I'm ready, you know, he'll have a job for me. And this is when he was at Wrigley Ranch, and. Uh, I come down in uh, December after Christmas, and he taught me a lot, man. I, I, before then, I, I, he using your feet, showing hell. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. And he's always like, he's teaching me. You know, you got to hold them in that stop. You know, get them rig cage out of the way. And I'm always thinking, well, dude, they're just supposed to cut by themselves. And <laughs> and, and, and and he like he he was so much more advanced than I was that he helped me learn so much with feet control. And just showing and just, and he's just a good dude. I mean, been a great brother. And now it's not so much, it's not near like, oh, I know I can beat RL. Now it's kind of like something we do together. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like I, I love seeing RL do good and, and dad. I mean, it, it's almost better. I almost like that more than it is myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, it feels good for yourself. Uh, so what about, um, t- you so you getting getting back into it and, and this you having it in your head that you want to be a, a horse trainer and talk about the point in time and you mentioned it a little bit but when you hit that realization of wow this is going to be so much more work than I actually thought it was going to be because just the just how much it actually goes into training a horse and then oh. on top of that figuring out how to to show a horse and then separating the two from training a horse to going and showing a horse well i i probably like i got to do it a good way i got to show like look you know i got my start there was a my first real horse i got to show was swooping indian i don't remember if y'all remember him yeah for sure he, he, he was he was he was sweet so I, that's the first time i ever really won something you know the eastern nationals reserve that was a huge deal for me and and i think learning to show one first and then coming back, you know, it's helped me with my training because I you know what you got to feel to get there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think if I would have tried training then showing, it would have taken me a whole lot longer to get where I'm at today, you know? And I, and I got to think, I mean, besides dad and RL and even Tatum, I was at Tatum's for a short period of time, but, I beat you uh, out being there longer than yeah, you, so you what's did, up? You did, yeah. <laughs> it was either it was either me stay there or, or and and not be friends with Tatum or I had to leave. So <laughs> we're much better we're much better friends when I'm not working for him. <laughs> but um a job opened up at Paul Hansma's man and uh I remember RL telling me you need to go there. And and that was by far the best thing outside of my family that I've ever done for my career because that guy is not just the, one of the best hand. I mean, who doesn't love Paul Hansma trained yeah. horse? But, like, to see who he is at home, like, that guy is, like, class, you know, class act, dude. He's he's badass. He's, he, is, he is who he is at the show. We don't get home from a show or long days, and he'd be grumpy and, and yelling at you to do that. Never happened. 
he was he was always he was just a good dude to learn from and, and grow up and and kind of take some of his stuff and, and you know make my own sounds exactly like pretty much what Adon said about Paul Hansma uh, on last week's episode just not excitable just just the same dude every single day that he wakes up and I know for me Paul has been instrumental just watching him train horses watching how he carries himself he's one of the coolest guys I've met showing horses so for me my first memory of you is going over to Bar H Ranch with Paul's brother-in-law Tommy Dvorak and meeting you and just that whole operation at Bar H was unbelievable just from the indoor where the where the critter was to Hugh and and Seth Taylor out working horses uh in in the outdoor covered like it's just crazy to watch the transformation of uh, seeing you where you are and Seth Taylor and in in his cattle company. And now he supplies cattle for pretty much everyone that lives around me. He just brought some, some beef over to, to me to uh, help me through this quarantine. So shout out Taylor. Uh, cattle yeah, company. Yeah. So it's just crazy to see yeah, yeah. from, oh, from, from my like perspective a- where I, where I, where I started and seeing where you guys have kind of ended up. I mean, bar H dude. I mean, how, how how badass was that place? One of the coolest operations ever, dude. And, and like, how many you know good hands have come out of there? And and what a staple for Paul and you know and and even Winston when he was there for a while. Missed that place, dude. That was a that was a cool place. And I, I was lucky enough to be there with Paul, working for Paul. And Hayden Upton was on the other side. And oh really? Yeah. I didn't so know that. That that's how Hayden and I become such best friends, man. I mean, we work together every day out there and so that was that was cool because you got paul's style and then you got hayden's style dude i mean honestly two different totally different styles at work and it was cool to see how they both get that you know Mm -hmm. and kind of like i'm not putting them both together but see both sides of 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 the training styles and and get the same results hayden upton gets horses incredibly broke in my opinion it's amazing to see i've spent some time actually watching some old two-year-old videos whether it's highbrow jackson or melting snow or any of the high sellers that he's taken to that that western bloodstock two-year-old sale he does an incredible job of getting those horses trained and laying a great foundation on them so yeah those those are two two guys to uh that are cool to just kind of see see their uh, mindset and, and where they come from Hey, were you you were helping RL when he was uh, capturing his co-open Derby championship at this last yeah. uh, summer spectacular? Yep. Correct. I didn't want to slight I him on there. that. that was... You couldn't. We couldn't mention yeah. that you just helped Tatum only. You you've helped two <laughs> people win in the big pen here here rather recently. Yeah. So that that's kind of cool. That just came into my into my mind. So had that to was, had to was, shout yeah, out yeah, Randall Lee. However, run one thing. RL RL he could, I mean he. You know, when he first got started, it was always, well, he can show, you know, we're not sure if he can train. And then, you know, he kind of did the same thing. He learned the show part and then the train part. Yeah. And to see him win on one, you know, it's just cool to see that, you know, one that you train and take and, and go win on in the big pen. That's that's no easy thing to do. No, but that's one of the, the biggest goals for, I think, everybody is to get one trained yourself and, and go to the big house and go get you a championship in there. Yeah. That, I mean, not only does it help your career, but just the, the mental uh, grind that you have to fight through it with yourself of sometimes maybe questioning what you have or what you don't have. I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a, a big thing to just, to just know personally that, Hey, I am on the right track and I'm, I am going down the right road of all this and I can't that, do this. That's a hundred. No doubt, dude. I mean, I've, 
I'm still in that same boat, you know. I've I've shown that I can show, and and now I need to prove that I can, you know, do it all. And and I'm not, you know, I know I'm not the best hand out there, but I, I'm gonna work hard enough, and I know that I'm talented enough. But it's hey man, it, it's 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 watching these guys like being at these shows, man, and watching like a Don, and and especially like Spud. I, I spent a lot of time watching him work over there at West Monroe. Them guys that are like at a high level. And, and the consistent are the guys to watch, and it, it's you, sure. you, you can you can watch and learn a lot of stuff, and, and so like to make those two horses in the semifinals that I've had all year, and and it, it was a special moment. I'm not gonna lie. It, it, it like going back to Coburn said, once you do that, it, you feel like okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm on the right path, and then and your confidence just got, and then you get like I said earlier, you get hungrier. You want to just yeah. do it more. Well, then you had Boone Dextrous. Boone Dextrous, too. I'm not sure how long you had that horse as well, but Missy Jean, uh, I think she made the non-pro semis at the Futurity, and then uh, you've made some open finals in the four-year-old division. Uh, did you did you have that horse the whole time as well? I got him after the Derby, man, and uh, um, he just he's just, I, I've told Missy this and some other people. He he's just a naturally natural cow horse, like you know what I'm saying, like I. He's he's been a, a little bit tough. I don't you know what to train, but you don't really love working him at home. But you go put him on a cow, man. He's a different animal. Yeah, and it's just all natural. Colin, what about some of what? What are some of the runs from what, when you were going to a lot more of say the the weekend level shows? And obviously, we we've talked about one of those horses already, but. What are some other horses and other runs that you can remember of go- when you're going down the road to weekend shows or at some of the Mercurias that you've been to that runs that you stick out and horses that stick out yeah. in your mind? Scooter McGavin. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Scooter McGavin, San Antonio, Mercuria. I won that one on him. Um, man, my probably my most favorite run, and it goes back to little Pepto Cat, besides that World Finals what we were just talking about, was the um, – West Texas when we had that Mercuria and it was huge Mercuria. I don't. I mean five six sets, and, and the scores were monsters. And I'm I'm in the one second to last set, dude. I, and this has probably been hell. This gotta be five years ago, four years ago. I don't remember. And uh, I was pretty nervous, and I went in, went in there and marked like a two twenty eight in the go round, and, and it was just. And that, I was not expecting that. You know what I mean? And to mark that big of a score and that big of a cut, and for me at the time, like that. Was, you're going against these big name age events guys, so that was that was one of my yeah. favorite runs. Uh, and you know, I mean, could be different to you, but just me watching. Uh, and I, I've said it before on some of our our podcasts, but I mean, nearly uh, every time that I was at a show uh, that you were at, and just during the time that you had the horse, I I mean, I I was always glued into watching you show Cataloo. And it, I mean that horse was really a, a really big horse, and then with <laughs> yeah, you yeah, on it, yeah, it made yeah, that horse yeah. look even bigger. Yeah. And I don't know, I just felt like you, you y'all two fit really well together. Oh, that was a, yeah, I love that. I love showing that horse, and and you know he wasn't always like a hundred percent sound, but you could never tell. He, yeah, that horse will hold any cow. Like yeah. that horse has so much grit, and and for a big horse. And he can get so low in his front yeah. end and move around. It, it was, you know, 
I've never ridden a horse that could that was that big that could do the, the little stuff that he did. Yeah. He was a good one to show, man. He was fun. How much do you think that showing on the weekend and showing at those big Macurias and being in the world finals has got you uh, more prepared for these bigger age oh. events and these tough age events? Uh, uh, yeah, it, I mean, 100%. It's been, I mean, to go show in the weekends and like, like I did Hall, you know, for those many years in a row, your showmanship like getting to the mage events where where everything might not be perfect and you can have the ability to option off or feel a cow or you know go to that eight or go to that weekend mentality of just getting cut and clean it's helped me i mean i don't think i i'd have won half the mo- amount of money without that because I, I won a lot of money on that weekend deal and it was on some good horses not because of me but if i didn't have that experience i wouldn't be as competitive at these age events now if it wasn't for that, I don't think. I mean, I mean, who does who? You know, if you if you can go haul for a year, that is going to help any you know amateur non pro. Yeah. I mean, go go up. It's it's a it's a grind. It is a uh. grind. <laughs> yeah. It is a grind. But it is going to yeah. help you tremendously as a showman. So what? I mean, this is this is on such a smaller level than I mean. Like for for yourself, and because I mean you're showing in the 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 open and hauling in the open. But I, I mean the year that I the year I hauled uh, in the youth for the world, um, and I ended up getting reserved. But when I was going, I had a four year old at that time that was a pretty talented horse. But when I would go to age events, it made it so much easier to get a cow cut and Will Rogers and. and some of the little things that like, you know, now, like I don't, I don't personally go to as much weekend shows as I even should be going to. And back then, I mean, I just like, when I go to, to an age event, it was just like, it just, it flowed so much better, but it was because of all the hauling that I was doing on the, every weekend going to those shows. I I think it's good. Even, you know, just like, like last year I had an off year. I, I didn't have a very good year at all last year. And I felt like I needed to go show on the weekends. So at the start of the year, I took Hot New Cowboy and just started showing in the open. You know, not really to haul or, or maybe make the top 15, but just start showing, showing again. And I felt like just getting going to the herd, you know, as many times as you can has helped me this year kind of, you know, and I'm having so far a much better year than I did yeah. last year. With the pause, uh, with the pause. Uh, coronavirus <laughs> yeah with the coronavirus now that's gonna hamper me man yeah let's yeah. talk a little bit so, about about the coronavirus and kind of what your thoughts on are on that and how it's affecting cutting and uh what you're well, what you're up to with any spare time that you have on your hands yeah i mean I, yeah a lot of spare time i mean at first you know i i was just like everybody else thinking you know it's stupid you know overblown and 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 stuff like that you know the scary part is we don't really have a cure or even really know a whole lot about it i mean yeah. i don't i know i know that it don't, can't really give you like antibiotics and it's gone you know it's yeah. more up to your immune system so that's scary because you know we all have grandmas and grandpas and, and and it's obviously affecting you know older people more than it is younger i know there's in middle ages and, and younger but it, i think it mostly to do with from what i've read up is more your immune system and if it can handle it um so it's scary yeah i mean it's 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 no joke and it took me a little bit to figure it out 
What has uh, just in your day-to-day operations of of your horse training and everything has has much changed uh, uh, on that aspect of things? No, not for me yet. You know, and I and I and I would think that some horses will go home because you know the owners don't want to pay. I understand. I mean, it's affecting everyone. Yeah. But we've tried to do a little bit to where we've lowered some prices to make it not as as pricey Smart. as it would Smart. to be you know in 100 percent training but still riding some of them and and uh it hasn't quite affected me bad yet and i'm not saying it won't but right now and even like the day-to-day like the people i mean i'm i don't hang out with a lot of people man i, I kind of like a small group you know so it's not yeah. really affecting us a whole lot yet yeah what are you doing if you have any spare time to uh, fill that time with no sports, especially? I mean, we haven't even gotten oh, dude, away. It, like, there's no well, March Madness. I mean, we've plugged the the Section K March Madness pool all last year, and this year, man, didn't even get to have it. It's uh, uh, well, it used to be a secret, but uh, I'm a big time uh, PlayStation gamer, man. Yeah, so. boy. <laughs> I like, I like. Sit, I've done sit, it. I've, I've been, been a gamer my whole life, man. You're gonna ask mom and dad that. I ain't ever gonna give it up either. Colin, <laughs> since you're breaking the secret, I'll break the secret with you because I'm the same way, and I don't uh, tell anybody. But uh, it keeps uh, me out of so much trouble. Absolutely, and man. So I mean, I I don't know yes. when I'll ever stop, and I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are like, "Why are you 25 years old and still <laughs> oh, playing yeah. games?" But hey, I mean, it, what kind of trouble <laughs> would you be getting be in in Groover, Texas, dude? <laughs> I'll be 30 in two you weeks. You get in trouble. Probably, try thir- probably try thir- about to play some Call of Duty after this little Yeah. <laughs> try 33, man. Uh, try 33. But besides gaming, I've, uh, dude, I've watched a bunch of documentaries. On, I just, the, the other night, uh, last night I watched the Fab Five one for like the fifth that time. That's great. That's a great one. And then uh, before cool. that, <laughs> I watched uh, the first, Conor McGregor. I haven't seen his yet. And uh, I watched it on Netflix. That was a good yeah, one, dude. That, is that guy's. Good. And I'm not a McGregor fan. I actually always root against him, but watching that, that he's dude an is, animal. He's an animal. He's I've got way more respect for him. Oh, unreal. Come from nothing. Yeah. That's cool. Those sports documentaries like that, I mean, the Fab Five, but especially those ones where you figure out these sports stars, like their background and, and where yeah. they started and like realizing that they came from, I mean, absolutely nothing. Like he was yeah, just... Huh? I mean, it's crazy. And then to like see what, what they go and do. like, oh, And why they are the way they are, too. I mean, you have to have that mentality to be a UFC fighter oh. and get in the ring with another guy who just wants to tear your head off. Like, yeah. you have to have that mentality. Imagine. Those two fights between McGregor, the first two fights between McGregor and Nate Diaz, oh. uh, and, like, them showing it in slow motion, some of them hits. Like, dude, you can just see the, their skull, like, <laughs> shaking. <laughs> shaking and then they go back into place it's unreal yeah. I, I like these guys are nuts so what about your michigan man going to the buccaneers oh man i uh, already told i already told mccall gonna i'm getting get the buccaneers, buccaneers jersey yeah you're gonna, gonna be I, walking you're gonna be walking around <laughs> with your old buccaneers gloves uh, and no more patriots gloves at the at the horse shows <laughs> yeah I, I uh man he is i think he made a great decision he's going there with some weapons I mean, I'm telling you, they're very underrated on offense, and, and their defense is underrated. I, I'm telling you, I like it, and I'm not. I'm not going to be a diehard Buccaneers fan, 
but I will be a Brady fan. Yeah. For life, man. Love that guy. <laughs> I I think it it's that's gonna be interesting. Uh, I think uh, it's great for the NFL, man. Yeah, it is, but you know, I think they're I think the one person that to to never doubt on if he still has it is Tom Brady. But there is a lot of people doubting that he still oh, has yeah. anything left in the tank. And it's gonna be line. it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I still want to. Rock has anything to say about it? I don't know. <laughs> hey, you got you got Gordon at a great deal. You're only paying him like six million a year. I know. I think well, it, I'm worried because we got Philip Lindsay too, and he's gonna want some money too, man. I know, but you so you got Gordon for two years. You guys have Lindsay and him and you, Drew Lo- Drew Lock. It's gonna be all right. We just signed that D tackle too, Jarrell Casey. Where did he come Dr- from? The uh, Titans. Oh, did he? Ninety nine. Uh, he's he's made the Pro Bowl the last six years, and then we, and we got Chubb coming back too. He tore his ACL or yeah, did something last year, and then Von Miller's still there. We and then we picked up Chris Harris. Booyah! We got AJ Booyah. Oh, yeah, 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 from Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah Green yeah, Jackson, yeah. dude. No yeah. fly zone still yeah, exists. Yeah, yeah, no, you're fine. So, so for for all the people that um, don't know this, and there there will be several, but Colin he's a huge Detroit Lions fan too, and he is not afraid to make a bold claim about how good they are. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the times, most of the years, he is not right because usually they're not very good. But uh, I, that's. In the NFL. <laughs> that's been, that's that's been one of the funnest things we got a snapchat group together and we're always on uh, during the football season it's always it doesn't matter who like the cowboys are playing like every sunday i wake up and i'm so stinking excited because the cowboys uh-huh. games are is on and i like i'm preparing to watch that game and but it's always that that's when it's fun is like, like when when the cowboys play the broncos it seems like I mean, Broncos are one of the teams that I dislike the most, and it it seems it seems like that every time the Cowboys play the Broncos, the Broncos spank the tar out of the Cowboys, and it is so painful. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> but, see, I'm, I like for me the Cowboys is one of the I, I and I can't that's even for tell you why. <laughs> I can't even tell you why. I just hate them. I don't, and I I have no good reason. Honestly, damn boys. Amen. You just worry about your coach running your best player out of town. Darius Slay, dude. Darius Slay. I'm done with him, bro. Just worry about Matt Patricia running your best players out of town. If he can't can't take, you know, who hasn't told another guy like, hey, you know what I mean? You heard what he said, didn't you? Yeah. He told him he wasn't that good and all this stuff. What about about Gurley going home to the – the Falcons. Yeah, that's gonna be badass, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's gonna be. I forgot oh, that they. What did, what did he sign for? I didn't see what he signed a for. One year, dude. dude he only won one year. One year. I think he's only getting six million. Six million, yeah, something like How that. much? Eight, eight or six? Eight, yeah, yeah, something, something like that. Eight. And Melvin Gordon's the third highest paid running back right now. He's getting twelve million. It's twenty-five million for two years. Twelve and. 30. I thought it. Sh- oh. uh, I thought it showed uh, eighteen for two years. I think I think I it might be it I might be it that. I thought it, I thought it was twenty five mil. No, maybe uh, I don't know, but I what I had seen it was like eighteen. He's worth it, dude. If he plays as good as I'm, he can. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. not mad about yeah. it by yeah. any means. I just worry about that whole 
two years, sixteen million. Okay, so eight million a year. Eight million a year. Says. But he's still like the third highest paid running back. Zeke's the yeah, most. Yeah, Zeke, dude, and they gave all that money to Zeke, bro. Mm-hmm. Feed him. Just keep feeding him. <laughs> <laughs> Feed him, bro. <laughs> no, but I, I just worry about that whole, like, holding out deal. Like, I mean, that just bothers me a little bit, no matter who it is. Like, why are you holding out that much? Like, you think you're that good? No, like, show us you're that good. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I, think that, I, think, I think you benefit from that, though, because he gets goes to a new place, new blood. He's wanting to, like, prove it. You oh. know what I mean? Running backs are always good. I mean, look at all the running backs Denver's had forever. Like, oh, dude, you can. Well, running backs are always good in Denver, and then they leave, and they don't. They don't do that very good. Yeah, yeah. Cody, we've like, talked about Miranda. we've talked about this, but I mean, Philip Lindsay, he's like one oh. of one of my favorite running backs, and you I, to, I, you tried to get him from me all last yeah, year. You're like, yeah. trade for that dude. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, sorry, I had to win our fantasy I league, guys. Sorry. Be, I think Philip Lindsay's gonna be. Uh, <laughs> Without, uh, I mean, he's not going to get as much snaps. I, I mean, I think Melvin Gordon. No, but I, I think he's the real deal too. Oh I mean, yeah, he he can catch the ball out of the backfield, dude. He's he's. It's going to be yeah, interesting. Triple threat. Bricks for hands in college, though. That was yeah, one of his I, biggest deal in college. They always said like he can't catch the ball and like. Philip must Rivers work on it. Yeah, I yeah, hell yeah. I just worry about like and and hopefully it pushes Philip Lindsay because he's been like a bright star in this sad times of being a Broncos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How good he's I, been, like undrafted signs. Same thing as Chris Harris. I mean, yeah, yeah. Same thing. He, like he's just been great. I I worry about Philip Lindsay just because he was a uh, you know Cinderella story. He came in undrafted. They signed him and he's been great and made the Pro Bowl two years in a row maybe. And then we yeah. signed this other guy and I worry about him. Just this, I worry that it's going to be a, a fu to the team instead yeah. of he, I think harder. You're, you're maybe onto something. He, I, I don't know. I think maybe Philip Lindsay's maybe on his way out Oof. here shortly. Wowzers! Surely as not. As long as he doesn't go to. That's a really hot take that I'm not Scorching. happy about. TV oh, that is yeah. a hot one. <laughs> ah, damn. <laughs> what's the Tigers gonna what's the Tigers uh record gonna be oh, if there's no. are they gonna make the, the AL AL Central playoffs? I need, or? We need no, 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 no. We're still two year two years off. Two however years off. We might however many games we have. Huh? However many games we have, they're gonna win less than half of those. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, but, no doubt. But with the Tigers you can't I can't feel too bad for you with the Tigers because they wow. had they had a great run there oh, for a dude. while. Oh, yeah, we yeah, awesome <laughs> run. I mean, I, y'all had some great players too and pitchers. They they had a yeah. stacked team. It was almost like a stacked. super team. We should have won the World Series. Yeah, that, that was a big disappointment. We had sure. really stacked, dude. One if one year we had Scherzer, Verlander. Yeah. David Price, dude. Honorable Sanchez when he was I good. Mean, yeah, when he was good. Like, how do you? How? How? That's the Boston. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's the Boston cop uh, celebration. You know, uh huh. Right? Grand yeah. Slam, Tory <laughs> Hunter over the fence. Golly. Yep. Oh, sick to my stomach, dude. Oh, dude don't even bring up the 2010, <laughs> 2011 World Series. I'll start crying. Nothing oh. like bringing up a painful sports memory. Two outs, man. <laughs> Especially for. To think about two outs the whole and one strike away. <laughs> two outs, one strike away. That was the third baseman up to bat. Hit David it to freeze. Uh, David freeze. David freeze hit a shot. I'll never, I'll never forget that game. I was in Paso Robles, California, 
And we were at the Big Red Barn. If y'all been to Paso, you know where the Big Red Barn is. It's where everybody sits and hangs out after the show. There's a bar there. And Clint Allen and I were watching the World Series. And we ran to the Red Brick Pizza Place across the street because everything's real close there. You walk everywhere in Paso. We run all the way over there. And as soon as we got there, the Rangers started sucking. Like the Cardinals were coming back. And I was like, oh, Oh, shit. This isn't good. This isn't good. I told Clint, I was like, dude, we got to run back to the barn. We got to finish this game at the barn. So we haul ass back to the big red barn, and we were sitting out there, and they still ended up losing. But we were, <laughs> it didn't matter. It was not good. That was a, that was a crazy ending. Yeah. We were, we, were, <laughs> we were sucking air pretty good. I understand that's that. probably That's probably one of the most painful uh sports memories of my life and i was at an age where i was like super super like into it almost too extreme but the the one good thing about that was they game six was like oh shit we're the rangers are in trouble well uh and this kind of goes back into to cutting with this story but Lucchese Cogdell was hauling for uh, the youth world or, uh, for uh, the youth in the senior youth, I believe. And her horse got injured, and I had a, a horse named DS Miss Wilson Freckles, and we we let her uh, show that horse. Well, anyways, that was on a on a Friday, and we were traveling to these shows for her to go to. So I didn't I didn't end up getting to watch the last game. And I was so. I was so mad, but Ew. also, but also, I didn't get to it like visually yeah. experience them not winning the game. Yeah, so game, that was one of those things. Always that was, the worst. Game seven it. wasn't even yeah. competitive, if I remember correctly. I think no game six no, it wasn't. Was, they got all the wind sucked out of them with that David Freeze. Oh running, man, that, and uh, that Nelson Cruz dropping a dropping a, <laughs> a yeah, can yeah, of corn yeah, fly ball yeah. in right field, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I I'll never forget. Those those two days really as long as I live. Like you're, that's really the only. I'm not really a huge Mavs fan, so that would have really been the first yeah, like I championship that, that I would have like gotten to experience. What is your guys's worst fan experience? Whether it's cutting any sport, it doesn't matter. But then also, what is your best fan experience that you've ever got to be a part of or just watch? Okay, I'll go first. Um, you're so, like as a of fan, you can go first. My, yeah. my, worst, my worst experience, uh, the first thing that came to mind was the national championship game. I think it was 2012, Michigan versus Louisville. Uh, Michigan comes back down 10. I think they almost tie the game. It's like two minutes left, or, or maybe a minute something. Trey Burke comes down the court, blocks uh, Peyton Silva. And they call it a goaltend, dude. It was a, such a clean block. And then after that, we, we, we don't make another basket. We lose the national championship. And, like, I'm a huge Michigan fan. Like, that would have been monstrous for me. Yeah. So that was probably my worst one. And, and, and I've been reliving it a lot because of ESPN Classics. <laughs> and quarantine. Cody, <laughs> what's your worst one? Uh, I, I mean, obviously, it's no secret. I'm a Broncos fan, and I'd say that 2012 Super Bowl when we got completely annihilated by the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> and we were the best team in the NFL offensively uh, uh. that whole year. I mean, that was the same year that the Cowboys and the and the Denver Broncos had a game that was, what, 52-49 to 49 or whatever the score was. Like, 
Peyton broke all the records that year. I mean, it was, I mean, trains rolling, yeah, that, get off the yeah, track, yeah, like, yeah. coming into the Super Bowl, and we got annihilated. Like, uh, that was, that was the worst. Because, I mean, and I, I had a feeling, because I knew how good the Seahawks defense was, and they had a swagger that was pretty unreal. I mean, you think of the guys that were on there, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, yeah. uh, Mark Tom Lynch, oh, Russell Wilson. I mean, Loaded. the team was stacked. And, I mean, we were too, though. All of our yeah. receivers yeah. had over 10 touchdowns receiving all year, like at least. And Peyton broke the touchdown record. And I mean, it was just, it was devastating. And then everybody becomes a Seattle Seahawks fan and tries to talk. Everybody, to dude. <laughs> What's your favorite Never sports even, Didn't memory. even know how to. Mine? Fan memory, yeah. Yeah, one after the uh, other. I mean, if, if we're going to stay just regular sports, it would be uh, the Super Bowl in 2015. But it wasn't as cool because. Because like Peyton was uh, obviously he retired after that year, so he was his neck was pretty bad, and he was I mean I think he threw for 110 yards or something. Uh, the defense yeah, carried yeah. the defense annihilated. I mean we, it was pretty much the exact flip flop from when we were in the Super Bowl four three years prior. But um, but I'd also say the slot cutting and winning the first slot cutting and Will Rogers. Yeah, that's uh, badass. Like that, that was like one of those moments where I felt like I just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a badass feeling. Yeah, I've got uh, two that I. You mentioned uh, Michigan. Was that the same year that uh, Trey Burke, when he hit that shot in, yes. Yes. in AT&T Stadium? Kansas? Yeah, I was at that game. Yeah. That was one of the coolest Unbelievable, just live events dude. I've been to. Uh, the worst sports moment, I would say. Um, would probably be watching any live sport at Texas Tech University, especially Texas Tech football <laughs> uh, in the Jones because Shout out Red Raiders. they hate their visiting fans. They're just like the Oakland Ra- or the Las Vegas Raiders now, I guess. So, Las yeah, Vegas Raiders not, sounds so weird. Not real big fans of uh, the of the opposing uh, fans that, that come into their stadium. I uh, would have to say my best sports moment uh, would probably be watching – uh, the countless unbelievable TCU events that I've been to in person, whether it's the Peach Bowl or College World Series or watching 22-inning games or 18-inning uh, games against Texas A&M, uh, just tons of live sports at TCU would probably be my favorite memories. Yeah, that would be – if I was a big TCU fan, that would be sweet. <laughs> Live right there. Yeah. So They've had some good football teams too, dude. Yeah, yeah, they had some good years. The Alamo Bowl, so, that's another comeback. That was another fun team being down yeah. 31-0 to zero and coming back and winning the game. So it, it took me a little little bit to, to actually think of which, I don't know, sporting event was most painful for me. I mean, the World Series, uh, we, we just talked about that. I mean, that was dang sure painful. But uh, the 2015 AL uh, – DS against the Toronto, uh, Toronto Blue, Blue Jays when Jose Batista <laughs> smoked that home run. <laughs> I- I'm telling you, my 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 heart ripped out of my soul when that happened. And I was we were at some friend's house in co- when I was in college, and there was this kid that was chirping the entire time, and he had no idea what he was talking about. And so when that happened, it just just like multiplied it even worse. And like 
I I left and I just went straight to the bar <laughs> and and, and I I still watched the rest of the game, but it was just like I I couldn't believe like just how it happened and the bat flip and everything around he it. Ripped it just, that thing too, dude. He smoked he it. He hit it into another thing. dimension. Oh, I mean, it was it was insane. Uh, and then I favorite sports memories. I'll go. I'll go into cutting and I'll, I'll say, I'll say two, one personally, and then one, uh, as a fan, uh, definitely when I, I, uh, won the limited five, six, uh, non-pro finals on, uh, DS Miss Wilson freckles. That was a special moment for me oh. and it's, well, it'll be something that I'll never forget. Uh, and then the other is, um, uh, watching Jesse Lennox run on sink. I'm hot in the fraternity finals. I mean, it, I, we've talked about it. And, I mean, it wasn't even that the horse was supposed to win it, but just the energy level inside oh, yeah. of the Will Rogers Coliseum, it was just something uh, that y- it's just like you don't, even though it gets super loud in the Will Rogers Coliseum, you just don't get to experience that much electricity like that run had for everybody. I agree. That was what a- about CC? You didn't, you uh you didn't say your most exciting uh sport uh, uh I guess if I'm gonna talk cutting was probably um the year I showed one alley cat at the charity, March twenty two, and that was like huge for me and then I bombed out the second go, which was like maybe the most heartbreaking thing yeah. I've ever had in cutting. And then to come back and, and I won Abilene right after that was yeah. probably, that was like badass for me i was pretty happy about that colin thanks so much for joining the section k podcast quarantine edition um you're one of the more tech savvy folks in the ncha we thought you'd be the perfect person to lead off this little series that we're going to be having uh, while everyone's hunkered down at their uh, respective homes and ranches so thanks so much for coming on talking a little cutting with us and talking some sports uh we greatly appreciate it man and hopefully whenever the year gets ramped back up uh, we wish you the best of luck uh, going and showing i appreciate it man thanks for uh for all you guys do man this podcast is is great for this sport and i'm just happy to be on here bro the wolverine go blue baby (laughs) (laughs) see you colin later boys thanks buddy later big thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the section k podcast thank you to colin chartier for coming on being a part of the first quarantine episode uh be looking for some more content we're going to be trying to be putting out as many episodes as possible uh, during this uh, social distancing quarantine period in everyone's life. So I'll be looking for some more stuff from the Section K podcast. Um, Hopefully uh, we'll be seeing you guys down the road sooner than later. When I look back on all I've learned, most bridges still stand, yeah, but some lay burn. Love that was made and the love that was lost It's been worth it despite all the cost Promises were made but most were broken Words I needed always left unspoken Some say scars only heal with time So it seems I've left my glass behind When the road ends though I'll find another way 
I'll follow that sunset to brighter days So let's raise a glass to our memories Hope we have many more times just like these Cause before you know it, my friend will be gone, gone And hopefully you have someone to love Hold them tight and raise your glass above Oh, you know it, my friend will be gone, long gone, gone, long gone. Now, loving lady luck, spinning hop day trains, so I'll wait and ride till they come back again. We'll watch another sunset slowly fade away. And save our last words for another day Then we'll all celebrate, yeah, we'll all laugh and dance We'll do it all so nothing's even left to chance As long as there's a drink and a few good friends We'll ride this train until it ends So hop on board, won't you please come along Cause the times we shared are what made this song So let's raise a glass to our memories And hope we have many more times just like these Cause before you know it, my friend will be gone, long gone And hopefully you have someone to love Hold them tight and raise your glass above Cause before you know it, my friend will be gone, long gone, gone, long gone So I'll keep on going, I'll keep on trucking You tie me down, I won't stop bucking Gonna keep picking on these six strings One day you'll see what my music brings And I'll thank all the ones who said to never quit And I'll laugh at all the others who gave me shit Regrets, they travel hand in hand with age My remedy's waiting for me up on center stage One day I'll be up there, yeah, in the spotlight Just doing what I love and everything will be alright Everything's gonna be alright Oh, everything will be alright tonight So let's raise a glass to our memories And hope we have many more times just like these Cause before you know it, my friend will be gone, long gone And hopefully you have someone to love Hold them tight and raise your glass above Cause before you know it, my friend will be gone, long gone Yeah, gone, long gone